Good morning, everyone. Um, yeah, I um, today I'm going to be um, talking uh, on Nathan as we uh, go through the series of um, big heroes in the Bible with let us say it about them. Um, I've been I really enjoyed uh, studying uh, Nathan, and I would like actually to go to do a bit more. And uh, also observing his life is, is somehow uh, challenging as well. And uh, hopefully as we uh, see some of uh, the aspect of his life, uh, there would be things um, surrounding his life that would be uh, an encouragement to us or at least an inspiration or um, a word that God speaks to us through the life of, of Nathan. Uh, in the Bible, there are about five to six people with with the name of of Nathan, and um, the Nathan we are interested in today is referred to as Nathan the prophet. And uh, Nathan means given or a gift. Um, and uh, this this particular Nathan uh, that we are interested into. It's not much that we can learn from him really beside his actions uh, or the events that uh, we read about. Uh, usually some prominent people in the Bible, uh, there are genealogies or some more family lines so that we can dig a bit more into it. But there is nothing said much about uh, Nathan except his title as, as a prophet. Uh, many scholars think that uh, even the title prophet is not um, the best way to, to describe him uh, because his role is more as a political leader than um, a prophet, uh, so to speak. But he, he brings prophetic words into, into Israel. But if you look at uh, his relationship with, with David, the king, um, so his, his role was mostly during the, the, the reign of, of David by observing what's happening around the life of um, Israel during the time. And towards the end of, of the life of David, one would clearly see that um, Nathan play a significant role in uh, political situation. Um, of uh, of the life of Israel, but that doesn't take away his prophetic uh, calling. And um, to uh, to look into him, uh, David is 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 an important figure because we see his role mostly surrounded um, by his relationship with with David. So we can describe uh, Nathan as uh, a close advisor to, to David um, during, during his reign. There are incidents that we see David going to him. And in the Bible, we can read uh, about Nathan in 2 Samuel um, chapter 7 and then chapter 12. And it comes also briefly in Kings, especially chapter 1, as well as in, in Chronicle. And so because of his role uh, as he's in a close circle of, of David and uh, also 
even during the reign of Solomon, the, the, the son of David, we can assume that um, Nathan was younger than, than David when, when he started. Because uh, towards the end of, of the life of David, Nathan was still active, and then he carried on even when uh, Solomon uh, became a king. And so it's, it's uh, plausible for us to assume that um, he was much more younger than, than David, even though it seems that he has very, very strong uh, influence on, on David. So he's someone very acquainted with royal uh, family, and he goes in and, and he comes out. There are particularly three episodes in the, in the Bible where we see um, the actions of, of Nathan that um, show us who he is as, as a person. So I am probably going to be spending some more time of those three episodes um, where we see um, Nathan intervention in the life of um, Israel at the time. And so uh, the first episode of, um, of Nathan is Second uh, Samuel uh, chapter 7, when um, David has that intention to, to build a house for, for the Lord. And uh, it was during the time that um, Israel enjoyed peace, and um, David uh, is uh, seeing how God has been uh, blessing uh, Israel and his rest and his life in in a good house, and there is no much war going, attacking, attacking them. And then um, David, then uh, has the king David has the intention to build a house for for um, the Lord, and so um, and he wanted to check with with Nathan. Uh, he's he sent to ask Nathan, "What do you think about it?" Even though we're not talking about um, David today, but from time to time we also st- stop to reflect on, on David. The fact that David wants to build a house to, to the Lord, and then he refers to, to Nathan as, as prophet, what do you think about it? Also say something about uh, the personality of, of, of David. Um, of course, it is, it is um, something positive. Uh, wanting to do something for God, but uh, rather than as a king uh, taking initiative to do it, he seek advice from from uh, someone else. And then um, when he approached Nathan uh, to um, to us, and Nathan basically said, "Good, go ahead and and do what what is in your heart." Um, it's not actually clear. Uh, in in the text, uh, what was David wanting from from uh, Nathan? Did he ask Nathan actually to go and pray to seek God? Was David actually uh, looking for God's words, or he's just in his relationship with Nathan asking for advice as as advisor? The Bible doesn't clarify that. But then uh, Nathan straight away said, yeah, go ahead, uh, do what, what is in your heart. And then uh, after he said that to, uh, to King David, then God speaks to Nathan. And God speaks to Nathan, and then go, Nathan then go back to, uh, to David to say, 
Um, well, by the way, I was wrong. <laughs> um, God said, said to me that you shouldn't be the one building a house. Um, basically, you are too cruel. You kill a lot of people. And, um, and I don't want that uh, to be part of what you want to do for me. But this, there is more than that. You know, it's, uh, it's an incident where God is really going to have a relationship, going to build up more of his relationship with David. As um, I've always been without house, and um, I never complained that I want a human being to build a house for me and uh, all of that. But as we are interested in, in Nathan here, this incident shows uh, some of the character of uh, Nathan here going back, having said to the king that go ahead and, and, and do what is in your heart. And then after God speaks to him, he returns and, and to say, uh, actually, you are not. I think it takes a bit of courage and mostly it takes humility. And from here we can, we can see the humility of, uh, of Nathan. Um, just think about this scenario. Think about the implications of it. You are a prophet, uh, respected, and an advisor. And then you say one thing to the king, and then uh, uh, some time later you come back to say the very opposite. You know, that re- when you relate to kings, kings are people in authority, and um, he can decide that actually, why do I even trust you? Um, are you are you actually supposed to be holding that position? You, you know, there, there are there are a lot of implications in that with with um, Nathan, but Nathan wasn't afraid of of that uh, losing his reputation. Uh, and I, and I think for him is, is that I've spoken to uh, King, to the King before, and it, and it was my opinion. And God has spoken to me clearly. And so Nathan here is, is I don't have the, the last word. God is the one who has the last word. And I have to go back. To, uh, to the king and then to tell him that he is not supposed to, uh, to build a house, but uh, your son should, should be the one building a house. So we see uh, a humble person here. We also see an attitude of obedience towards God, you know, even though basically God is going to, God, God asking him to do something that has an impact on his reputation. But he didn't really care about his reputation. He rather cared about doing what God wants, um, obeying God. So uh, humility and uh, admitting that I am wrong and um, obeying God, uh, those are things that we can observe in, um, in the life of Nathan and I think that uh, we can learn from, from him. And um, the second episode uh, where we see um, Nathan's uh, interaction with, um, with David was, 
when God sent him to go and rebuke uh, King David after uh, King David uh, committed adultery and that led to, to another sin. And so, um, <clears throat> fascinating the way that uh, Nathan is, is handling this, this situation. And uh, King David, of course, you know, you know the, the story where he um, uh, committed adultery, sexual immorality with Bathsheba and um, the wife of one of uh, his soldiers. And then uh, she became pregnant and uh, in the process of uh, hiding uh, his art. So he seek to bring Raya from, uh, from the war so that he can go home and be with his wife so that the child would be like his own child. And, and so David find possibility really to, to hide that, that sin. Uh, it makes me really think about us as human, really. Sometimes we, we, in our relationship with God, we, we think that God is like a human. David trying to hide that thinking that God doesn't see it. And I was, I was um, watching um, a child, uh, uh, the other day, Jenny, Andy, Andy Thomas, um, Doro. And she was hiding under the chairs in the, in the reception at, at the King's Lodge. And she hides. And so because she's, she's under the chair, she thinks that no one sees her. <laughs> you know, that, that's her hiding place. And everybody sees her, but because she's not seeing anyone, <laughs> she thinks that she's hiding. And sometimes for us as humans, we are like that with God. We just go under the table or under the chair and thinking that we... <laughs> We we hiding God is God is not seeing us, but He He does, and so this is the uh, the situations happening with uh, with David, and um, yeah, let let pause a bit even to reflect a bit more on on David. How how is David described in the Bible? What's what's the thing that that stand out? Yeah. The man after God's heart. This is how, how David is, is described in, in the Bible. Yet, uh, David comes down to this horrible, uh, sinful situation in, in his life. And, and what we see from here is that even David is referred to as, as a man after God's heart. He didn't have immunization against sins. And, and that's, that really speaks to me. That really speaks to us. Like, who, whoever we are, wherever we are at in our relationship with God, how much we, we serve God or how much experience we have with, with God, as long as we are still in the flesh, we don't have immunization uh, for sin, you know, uh, there's always possibility that we can we can sin against against God, and um, this is not to to justify the fact that we are sinful and we we're going to commit sin anyway, but it is rather to to make us aware of possibility of sinning 
so that we don't go into it. To, to, to have that awareness is that I, I can fall into sin. And because I have that knowledge, I, would, I have to preserve myself so that I don't find myself in, in, that, in that sinful situation. So even David, being uh, the man after God, he had that, that experience uh, in his life and he thought that he can get away with it, but um, then that God sees it. And um, how did God spoke to Nathan to go to um, communicate this to uh, King David? Um, it's, the Bible doesn't say it. And I imagine what, what Nathan could have said is, is just go to the king and then recite the law to the king. And the king in Israel is supposed to have the copy of the law with, with him, the copy of, of the Bible, if, if we can put it that way. Uh, every king in, in, in Israel is supposed to be ruling by referring to the law of God. And so in this case, uh, uh, adultery with, uh, with Bathsheba is that both of them are to, to die. They are supposed to... To be son, this is what Leviticus um, uh, said. Uh, Leviticus chapter uh, twenty, verse ten, or Deuteronomy um, chapter twenty-two, uh, verse twenty-two as well, gives those references. If if someone lays with with a wife of another man, both of them, they should uh, be killed. And so Nathan could just go to King David and recite the law. To, to the king. But he, he, he doesn't recite the law. He, he used he use a parable. And, and he goes to the king and then he starts telling, telling the king the, the story. And in that uh, telling the stories, he actually leads King David to pass judgment on himself. So by telling the story then, uh, David becomes angry for of, of that rich man who has many more uh, goats, and, and then, but um, then he uh, rather than using his own, then he go and take the one belonging to um, a poor man, and so David gets angry, and then at that point, uh, Nathan says that you are that man, and so at at that point, then. David realized that by the law, he is supposed to die. But I think what, what shows the, the character of, of Nathan in here is rather than reciting the law, is that wisdom, that creativity, that talent in um, telling that, that drama, uh, telling that story. And uh, in a such a way that he is saying he's reciting the law, but he's reciting the law in a way that would captivate the king. In those days, um, no one no one would tell off the king. Asking, being asked by God to go and, and tell uh, King David that uh, you are a sinner, you de- you deserve to to die. 
who is who will raise his hand and say, "I'm going for it," you know? No one. It's it's not something that anyone would enjoy. So um, basically, he risked his life, Nathan, by 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 accepting that going to to tell the king the king the thing that the king would not like means that you are um, basically uh, committing suicide. And but uh, we see that Nathan is not afraid of of taking that role of going to to King David. He has the courage to go and and rebuke the king. But he has that creativity and that ability to bring the word of God in a way that um, you cannot avoid avoid it. And um, God, God, God must have just told him, go and tell uh, King David about his sin. But what, what we can learn from here is for us as believers, as well as God ambassadors on earth, as those who represent uh, the kingdom of God here on earth, as disciples of Jesus, our role is to bring the word of God into the nations. Our word is bring the word of God to people who don't have relationship with God. And especially in our, in our context, in our setting today, where um, our world is secular in a, such a way that everything religious is already there on, on, on a corner. I, I don't want to hear anything about religion. Don't, don't bring your religion close to me. You know? But that doesn't reduce uh, the word of God to religion. And um, what, what we need to do as, as believers is to find a way to take this word of God to communicate it in a way that people actually pay attention to it. The fact that David was able to uh, get angry is that he got the point. He, he understood the story. At that point, he didn't know it was talking about me. But it means that he's been following the story, and he understood until he got the point. And I think this is where for us as, as a church, as believers today, we have this wonderful word of God that the world needs to listen to, that the world needs to pay attention to. to. But sometimes we don't have the wisdom and the creativity to express this word in a such a way that people see it. Actually, this is relevant to me. Actually, this 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 has an impact into, into my life. I was, I was um, talking to, uh, to a lady yesterday. Uh, we um, run a Bible seminar at the King's Lodge for people who come from outside. And she was sharing her testimony, how uh, she came to understand why Jesus died. You know, she grew up by understanding that... Uh, Jesus' death was like people, people were nasty to, to Jesus. People were, they did something wrong to him. So her understanding of the death of Jesus is, is that uh, 
Jesus has been abused. People kill him. But she never connected the death of Jesus with his love, with the love of God, that Jesus actually died not because people were bad to him. Jesus has chosen to die so that she can feel the love of God. And she, she said she never understood the gospel in, in, in that way. And that shows the weakness that we have as Christians, as the church, to translate the gospel in a way that people see something in it that connects with their lives. And this is what, what, what David, David, David came to realize when, when Nathan was, was communicating the gospel. And especially in this secular age, you know, we, we need to, to wrestle with God so that God will release a fresh understanding of the gospel to us but as well as wisdom so that we communicate it in this secular context that says something to people out there. And, uh, and we see, we see uh, uh, Nathan here communicating with David, David who is a king, someone in, in power, but he knows how to communicate with someone in a, in a position like, like, like David. Maybe it's, it's in your family. Maybe it is, it is in, in a workplace. You, you have people in a different, in a different setting, in, in a different ways of understanding. The fact that our world is secular, it doesn't mean that people don't have hunger for, for the word of God. It doesn't mean that people don't wrestle with, with these taunting questions of life. People, people are wrestling with, this, with these issues. But it's God is looking up to us as his children so that we would, we would find ways to communicate his word in a way that people don't feel like they want to run away from it. We, we, don't, we, don't, we have to communicate the gospel in a way it draws people into it. Be like, like, like David was drawn into into this, this story. So this, this shows the, the creativity that uh, Nathan has here. Rather than reciting the law, he led David into, into the word of God, and then um, David passed judgment on, on himself. So he used the truth that David, David is, is a sinner in, in this case, but he, he communicated that with wisdom. And so, and, and each one of us, we, we, we have talent and we, we have a gift that God has, has given to us. What we see Nathan did here, Nathan uses his courage and he uses his wisdom in communicating the word of God to bring restoration. Because David was hiding uh, that sin. But then when the word of God came to him and he was convinced, and then he repented. He says that I have sinned against, against God. Why? Because Nathan was, was able to communicate this, this word of God in him, not in a way that condemns him, but in a way that brings him down 
his knees and and he says i have sinned against again against god and so we see here david confessing and that bring restoration to him and we see that david writing psalms and he referred to those incidents and how he describes the mercy and the grace of God because he's experienced it. Now, now imagine how many more people are out there who want to have the same experience as, as David, the experience of restoration. People who are broken out there who never understood what, what God intended for them really. You know, a lot of people think that Christianity is just becoming religious and adopting some Christian rules of life. And, and Christianity is, is God restoring you to be the human that you are supposed to be. Restoring your original design. And, and God wants to rely on the church so that the church understands that, that word. The church understand. So God is speaking to us today is that uh, cultivating our imagination in a way that we can um, we can bring the word of God to um, to the people out there, uh, so that they can enjoy restoration. We see restoration here not only for uh, for David, but we see restoration even for the whole nation. Of Israel because of the impact in the life of, of David, that impact is going to grow to be even onto, um, onto other nations. And the, the third incident that we see here with, um, if, if I don't cover everything here, it's, it's already on our on website anyway, so you can, you can go back. The third episode that we see Nathan in here is that when Nathan was again sent to David, um, to, uh, to announce that uh, God was pleased with, um, with the, birth of, the birth of Solomon. Because in the, in, the, in the first episode, when he went to say that God is bringing judgment up, upon you, and then um, after that, uh, uh, David got married to, um, to Bathsheba, and then they have a child, and then they have uh, Solomon after that. Then when Solomon was, was, um, was born, and then God was pleased with, um, with Solomon. And it is from there that God is actually going to make commitment with, um, with David that his son is going to be um, on, um, on the throne. Now, the last incident that we see Nathan coming in is um, when there was a potential civil war in, uh, in Israel. Adonijah, the son of David, decided to, be, to proclaim himself king. And then David, uh, Nathan played a significant role in, in, that, in that place by speaking to Bathsheba, inviting her to go and speak to, da- to, to uh, David, her husband. And Nathan himself came to speak to, Nate, to, uh, to David. And ha- there again we see the creativity of, of Nathan by creating a scenario. Did, he asked David, did you make Adonijah king without telling me? 
You know, he he's so good in in making story in a such a way that it captivates. So in that incident, then it led David to proclaim Solomon as uh, decided by God, Solomon to become king over over Israel. The action that Nathan did there is that Nathan perceived that if Adonijah become king, it's going to be a civil war. In this going to be a conflict. And so he sees the future of, of Israel. And he takes action so that he can preserve the peace in, in Israel. And so in, in these different incidents, we see there the character of, of this man, Nathan, who is not only acting for the present, but he is also acting for the future of of Israel. Because of his intervention, we saw Solomon bringing prosperity into Israel. And somehow, this act of uh, Nathan intervening so that Solomon becomes king rather than uh, Adonijah is that he contributed to build the future of Israel. And so I, I would like to, to conclude at, at this point is that if there are things that we can, we can learn from, from the life of, of Nathan is his courage, his humility, and his ability to translate the word of God in a way that people see in the word of God something that is related to, uh, to them. And then uh, the actions that uh, Nathan takes is to build into the future of, of the nation. And the challenge that I would like to, to leave for us is that what actions am I taking today that's actually contributing to the future? Let's pray. Lord, we want to uh, thank you for uh, your word and the wisdom in, in your words. And I thank you for people that you've used in a, in a past to uh, bring restorations and um, bring healing. As we continue to meditate and to reflect on the story of uh, Nathan, Lord, I pray that uh, the thing that are highlighted to us, Lord, we would grasp and we, we would get hold of. And then the, we would, um, with the talents and the gift, Lord, that you've given us, that it would serve to build your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.